And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he will divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plenty, plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I'll pour down, pull down my barns, and I'll build greater, and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night... Thy soul shall be required of thee. Then, the, then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. I'm, Lord, I can't tell you how much. Lord, I'm glad you know how blessed I am to be in this place tonight. And I need you to give me some unction to preach, Lord. I pray you help me to effectively communicate the word of God. And, Lord, you're good to us. I mean, that's all I can tell you. You're good to us, Lord. And we need you. Help us in this day. Lord, I know you've set this. This is a Sunday in December, God, but I know you've got something for us. Help us tonight to get it. I pray if there's one lost in this place, Lord, tonight. God, I pray to get saved. I pray if there's one here, Lord, just not living in your will. I pray tonight to get back in it, get right on the right path, Lord. Help us tonight. We need you. Lord, I pray you'd convict, Lord, strengthen, help, I encourage whatever's needed in the heart tonight. I pray you'd do it, Lord. I thank you and I praise you, trusting in you. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter number 12. As we come here to chapter number 12 and we come to verse number 13, Jesus had been teaching and, and in, the, in the midst of his teaching there was one uh, coming to him and, and I'm assuming that his brother was there, but he came unto him and and he, and he asked him to divide the inheritance. And I thought about this message and why I got to this point is uh, in the season that we're in, there's a lot of attention on things right now. Now, now I'm, I'm going to make some statements real clear. Let me say something to you. I'll state this right at the beginning so you can't say I didn't say I'm not against giving gifts. I'm not against searching out and doing things for people. That's not what I'm against. But I, I want to I teach you something here, okay? So stay with me. I'm not trying to be all, you know, Debbie Downer on, on Christmas and all that stuff. That's not what I'm doing, okay? But I, I, I think if there's a, you know, it's like uh, if there was ever a time that this is probably more uh, on our minds, it would be right now than it would be any other time of the year because we're in a season in which uh, you, you see it everywhere. There's, if you have email, there's a constant barrage of emails of the sales and the deals and the things you need to buy and the perfect gifts for people. And I mean, uh, we're focused on what we're going to give people, what we're going to get, and on and on. Now think about all these things. And, and in the midst of this time, and there's nothing wrong with giving gifts, that's not what I'm saying, but in the midst of this, I think, uh, what a great time for us to, be, to remember and take heed to what Jesus said. In the midst of all this is going on, I want you to stay with me, but Notice this, in verse 13 and 14, in this season that we're in, talking about things and, and obtaining, in this whole chapter here, uh, verses 13 through 21, it's speaking about this. Jesus is called on by somebody and he says, hey, he says, hey, Jesus, I want you to tell my brother hey, how we ought to divide this thing. And now Jesus pretty much was telling him he ain't going to do that. Okay? Now, but what it did do is it led to some excellent teaching that should help us in these days. 
And one of the most well-known parables, I believe, that Jesus told and taught. But can I say something to you? These brothers could have and should have just went to the Word of God for the answers on how to divide the inheritance. There's scriptural help for that. But notice what Jesus said when we get down to verse number uh, 15. These men come up to him in this time. They're wanting him to, to divide out these things and go through these things. And, and Jesus said, now there's a lot, let me say this in verse number 15. There's a couple words in here that are, uh, they ought to be attention grabbers to us. Like we see them all the time in, in life um, and, and we see these words and when we see these in whatever else we're doing, we give most attention to it. We ought to give attention to these. Notice this, he says, take heed and beware of covetousness. Now, I want you to notice this. Think about this for a second. He starts out and he says, take heed. Now, what this means is it means to give mind to, to regard with care, and to take notice of. Now, what I want to tell you is we're in a society that's not thinking scripturally correct. They want you to take heed of the things they're selling, the things they're buying. And I'm not, now stay with me, listen, y'all know me, I'm all about coupons and deals. I mean, I love Black Friday. You know why? Because I can get something half off and give it on a gift. I say, praise God. Okay? And I'm not against those things. So stay with me. Nobody in here likes to save money and be frugal like I do. Maybe Jeff Bishop, I don't see him here tonight, but he's in that boat with me. But stay with me. But you know, the world gets our minds on things. When you, you know, we'll think about you. How often are we in a, in a place now where Christmas ain't about Jesus? Now hold on, Christmas is about Jesus. There ain't no Christmas without Jesus. It's not about Santa Claus, it's not about sales, it's not about lights, it's not about all those things. It's about Jesus. That's what it's about. But, but we see here that we're in a time, that's not what the world's putting out to us. They'll go all around the manger without naming the one laying in it. They'll do all those kind of things to get our minds on things. We need to do all these things. And, 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 and notice this, Jesus said to take heed. He said, I mean, when God says something, we ought to listen. But when God says, you ought to really pay attention, you know what you ought to do? Don't overthink this. Really pay attention. Really pay. What he's trying, I believe there's some good help for us here to not get pulled in further than we want to. Notice this. He said, take heed, which means to, to mind, to regard with care, to take notice of. Uh, he's saying, give attention to covetousness in your life. He, he's talking about seeing these things. Can I say something to you? This is something that can't be seen on the outside. I'm talking about something. Now, let me say something. You'll see the fruit of it on the outside. But this is something that's down inside your heart. Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4.24 is a, a poor quotation. You can find it. It's in there. Think about that. We're talking about something that can't be seen. Inside of you. So let me say something. When I say take heed, don't look to the left or right. You've got to look inside yourself. Jesus is saying, take heed here. You say, well, preacher, that, 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 that won't... Hold on a second. If Jesus says, take heed, this is for everybody. You can get pulled into this. Now listen to me. Stay with me. He says, take heed, and then he says, beware. Now, I'm going to teach you all a little bit of something. When I see beware of dog signs, that's when I say, Tom, you can take this house. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. That, that black sign with the white border and has that orange writing, and normally it's stuck in a place where you're meant to see it. Beware of dog. You say, what does that mean? That means don't go in there. 
That's what, that's what that says. Let me interpret it for you. In the original Masoretic, it says, don't go in this yard. Greg, Greg Carney, I'm right. Don't, don't go in there. Now can I, Jesus said, beware. He just put up a big orange sign. And he said, don't let that get in there. Don't let that get inside of you. We're in a society that wants you to be about things. Our world's about things. I mean, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with things. I'm not saying go home and sell all you have. That's not what I'm telling you tonight. But I'm saying if we're not careful that we'll allow things inside of our hearts that will uh, harm our hearts, harm our life, help us to not live in the will of God. The word beware means to restrain or guard oneself from. I mean, there's been times that I've seen the sign. I said, we ain't going in there. I'm good. This is a good example because when you go door hanging, I'm not, I, listen, I can see dog hanging signs and no trespassing signs on other streets, when I, not on the one I'm even on, because I'm looking for. People, I don't know why people don't put them in the most obvious place, but sometimes they're back here, whatever. I mean, if I see traces of dogs, that's enough beware to me. And I'm talking about what we're seeing here is Jesus is saying, you need to be on guard for this, because it can get in. That's what he's saying here. Beware means don't, 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 don't let it in. Guard yourself. Keep yourself. And, and there's a warning against covetousness. Now I want you to notice the word covetousness is defined by Webster's 1828. It's a strong or an inordinate desire of obtaining and possessing some supposed good. Matthew Henry says it like this. It's an over-eager desire of the wealth of this world and envying those who have more than we. And may I say, if you go to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, uh, verse number 2 there, it's a mark of the people of the last days. It's increased. Increased. You say, well, really, what is it? I'm, I, this won't be exhaustive, but I'm going to give you a couple verses to kind of get this in even. Listen, I'm not, this ain't even my message. I had to preach this to get down to where I believe God wants me to be, but I'm, I'm preaching what God wants, but just stay with me for a second. You say, well, this can't happen to me. Listen, if he says beware, that, that can happen to any of us. We need to heed the signs. I mean, see him, Jesus is saying, in, you see beware in the Bible, you ought to beware of whatever he's saying. You are, I mean, we ought to be serious about everything. But there's some things that ought to just jump on our, I mean, he said that word for a reason. Hebrews 13, 5 says this, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. I believe this verse teaches us that covetousness is a lack of contentment with one lot. Not careful. We, I was talking to Micah last night. I'm trying to teach him some things. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a poor teacher, but I want him to get this early on in life. And we talked about this in Philippians chapter number uh, three last night when Paul said, I learned to be content. Now, now I bought some, our Kroger and Taste Valley, you can't get the cheap pizza Lunchables. They always sold out. I'm serious. There's a certain kind he's eating. They, they're always sold out. They never, and he only eats the pizza ones. So when I went in there last week, they had the, the organic natural ones. And I got one. Well, he didn't eat anything last night. Courtney's like, get him something to eat. So I got the pizza Lunchables out. And the organic natural ones, the, the pizza crust is harder than the other one. And he's like, I don't like this. I don't want this. And, and after he ate the two, we had a, I said, now here, we're going to read this here. And Paul said, I, uh, he said, where I'm abased, where I'm abound, 
Or whether I'm hungry or whether I'm full. He said, and whatsoever state I'm in, I'll learn to be content. And I said, sometimes, buddy, in life, you're going to have to learn that sometimes you're going to have to eat the hard pizza lunchable. Because sometimes in life, it don't work out the way you want it. And I said, sometimes it'll be the good one. Sometimes when they're on sale, we'll get the really good pizza lunchables. I mean, we do when they're on sale. But I'm saying, when we laugh at that, but they can relate to him because he understood I didn't like that. But I said, in the midst of that, you ought to still be thankful you got something to eat. That's what I was trying to get down to him. And Paul said, whether I was eating bologna or whether I was eating steak in my Wednesday night class, I know what I'm talking about. Paul said, I learned to be content in those times. And, and I thought about this. How often, if we're not careful in the midst of these times, we'll see other people get something in Christmas. We'll, we'll stop being thankful for the lot we got. Beware of covetousness. That's what Jesus was talking about. You sit here let, let, be, to be contented. Notice this. That's one part of it. Notice this. Exodus 20, 17 says this. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his, uh, nor his, uh, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. It teaches us that covetousness is a desire for that which is not mine or that which is forbidden. See that there? Notice what covetousness does. It looks in at our lot, starts comparing out to others. Now God said, don't, don't even desire it. Didn't say not even have it. The implication is you're not supposed to have it at all, but he said don't even desire it. Covet not. Think about that. In a world where it's, we're, we're living in a society that wants you to want more. It, it is dog eat dog out there. People will run over you to get what they want. Then look here, look, look at 12, Luke 12, 15. It says, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. What we see here is covetousness is making possessions the focus of life. Working that extra shift and missing church is to buy something you want. Take do, Doing things, and when I say I'm not, I'm not against working extra shifts, that's not what I'm saying. I mean, I've, I've worked extra time to pay things, but I'm talking about when it, gets in, when it gets in the way of your spiritual life, when you quit reading your Bible, you stop praying, or you stop going to church, or you can uh, work something else or do something else to buy something, to get something, to have it, something you desire, there's a problem. That's covetousness. And, and, and when we see this here, and I want to think about this statement, because this is where I'm coming with this whole message, is coming down to this right here. The Lord is warning us and put up a beware sign so that we're careful not to allow this into our hearts. Can I say, if we will practice daily thanking God for what we have, that's a good defense to, allow, to not allow this to come into our hearts and lives. I mean, I don't drive, listen, my, my car just turned over 100,000 miles. Don't tell anybody I recorded it when it did it, so I sent it to my dad. Well, I ain't never, I've never been in a car that went over 100,000 miles. I wanted to watch it, and I wanted to tell him. He asked me all the time how many miles are on your car. Let me say something to you. I, there's cars, not very many, but there's cars that pass me on the interstate, okay? That cost more, have lower miles, have all kinds of things. And you know what? If I, I'm not careful, I could sit over and talk, talk to the Lord about 
why ain't I driving that car? Why? I'm t- I'm, it's all around us, everywhere it's around us. I mean, it, I mean it's, you want to talk about the things that create bullying in schools? It's, that's the idea of it. it. It promotes who's got the best clothes or who's got this or who's got that. That's our world promotes this. But the greatest defense is I can say, Lord, thank you that 100,000 miles in, praise God, she's still running. 35 miles a gallon, I shout all the way down the road. At $5 a gallon, you would too. Start thinking, God, that's a great defense. Being grateful and thankful for what God has done and what God is doing is a great defense to not allow the, the discontentment to get inside your heart. But here's what I want to get to with this. Notice this verse, notice this verse 15. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. I want you to think about this for a second. Here's where this message is going to go. I was thinking about all the things that someone could possess. Now, clearly, I'm not going to have an exhaustive list. But I, I've got some categories here of things that people possess. And then I'm going to ask you a question. I thought about financial things. I thought about money. People possess money. People possess gold and silver and precious stones and there's stocks and there's bonds and there's 401ks and people have collectibles that are, have values. I think about things that, that people uh, rest on. Let me I say this. I'm not saying don't set yourself up for retirement. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay? So don't take me the wrong way. But listen to me. I think about all these things that we have financially. And that's not even the beginning of, of, of what it is, but you're getting the idea. Concrete possessions, I thought about lands, farms, and camps, and, 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 and homes. We have our homes, places we live, and uh, vehicles, livestock, uh, things you side-by-sides, four-wheelers, things. I mean, I'm just listing bigger things, and we go all the way down. If we go under, inside of all of our houses, our house is full of things, Right? We've got things everywhere. we probably all got more things than we need. I mean, you think about it. We live in a country that half of our community is storage buildings. There's as many storage buildings as there is churches in some cities. You say, why is it? Because we've got a lot of things. Lots of things. Other possessions. I think about things. Now, at the time when Jesus said this, he's talking about possessions. I believe this is still possessions, though it may not be something that we can physically touch or, or, or spend or things like that. But what about authority and power? Some people have that. Some people have power in their life. They've worked themselves or got into a position where they have some sort of authority. That's something that people possess. They, you, some people live for that. Politicians are one. They're in a place of power. Think about this. This, this was going to be up to 2022. What about how many followers you got? I'm, I, we laugh, but there's people on YouTube that makes millions of dollars a year. Courtney's like, why didn't you think of being about being blippy? You're goofy like that. I wish I would have, right? <laughs> Missed that boat. But you think followers. Some people live for that. You realize that there's now a job category called social influencer. Like people's job is to get other people on social media to buy whatever. That's a thing. People possess those things. People live for those things. Not only that, followers, what about likes? I know Facebook's getting old now. 
not even the most new thing. But people live for them likes. Posting things that people can, can, can do that. And I think about this. Now here's where I'm going to get to the question. Now I, that's, not a, that's not an exhaustive list. Here's what I want to say to him. If you read that verse, it says, For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. If we took everything away from you, that's a possession, what would remain? If, I mean, I'm talking about everything, I mean, wiping it down to nothing. If they took everything away from Josh Scarberry, what's left? Now here's my here's my questions to you, my thoughts. What kind of testimony remains? We're caught up in the in the times of people, all kinds of things. But let me say something to you. You know what's going to be left? That which you invested in Jesus Christ. You may have the largest bank account. You may have all kinds of things. I, I don't know what you may have. You may be uh, popular and you may have all kinds of these things. When we take all that away, how's your testimony? What about treasures in heaven? If I'm talking about if we just wipe everything away, all the way down to just a social security number and a birth certificate. If we took everything away, what would be left? If I didn't have no house, no car, no nothing, would I, what would my testimony be remaining? And what I'm saying is, if I didn't have anything else and you saw my testimony, would it be, would you see that I, would you see that I was a Christian, that I love the Lord? Or did my life get so caught up in things that I neglected my testimony. Now let me say something to you. I don't live by what you all think. It's important. I live to please God. And if you'll live to please God, you'll have a testimony. But let me say something to you. There is a word on you. Go to 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Paul gives a word on all kinds of people. He said, Demas has forsaken me. You know what his testimony was? We take every... Demas is a good example. Well, I don't know very much about Demas, only listed a couple times, but what I do know is he forsook, he forsook Paul for this world. Think about this. John Mark. I don't know why he left, okay? I, I don't know why he left, Tom. But here's what I know. When everything was whittled down and it was just John Mark, you know what his testimony was? He was profitable to the ministry. What would the word be about me if you take everything else that I have away, what would, they, what, what, would, what would be said about me? That's a good question. If our life does not consist of the things that we possess, none of these things, if you'll notice verse 21, that, that, that he layeth up treasure for himself, and, and, and you can see in there that we're not going to be taking these things. This rich man lived all this stuff, and he said, well, who's going to take what he had? What about the treasures in heaven? Can I say, in some ways, this is literally what the judgment seat of Christ will be like. It's going to pull back all that other stuff. And said, here is Josh. I'm talking about me tonight. Here's Josh Scarberry. And I think about this. 
what would remain? Matthew 6, 19, you can read there. Those things that, that were laid up where moth and rust doth not corrupt. I thought about this. What about our spiritual character? You know, you, people kind of get upset sometimes. But Paul listed plenty of people and gave uh, uh, characterized people for what they were spiritual. Think about this. This would make people mad. I mean, I say most of the time when we get mad, it's just because it's true. Not every time, but most of the time it just, it's because it's true. Maybe someone doesn't present things. I mean, I've got upset when someone said something true about me. Now, I don't think they presented it in a very kind way. And that might have bothered me. But notice what he said about the Corinthians. He said, I come unto you, but you were babes. Now, that, that right there, he's talking about the character of this church. That, that would make, think about it. If we pulled everything away, if all we had was the first three chapters of the book of Corinthians. We went down to Corinth. Pulled all, and then Corinth was a city. They had all kinds of what they had all kinds of things in Corinth. They pulled it away. He said, "What? What about them people down there at Corinth? What, what would we say about them? Well, they're just babes in Christ. Not because they were just newly born, because they never grew. That don't mean that they didn't grow after that. But think about this: if all that's left, if I take away everything else, Tom, what's what's my character spiritually?" Would I be characterized as joyful or hateful or anger? Would I be characterized as envious? Would I be characterized as, 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 as someone that's mature? I want to I mature in the Lord. Now, I know this is, I knew this I was going to be tonight, so I thought about this. Would they say that my character would show that I adorned the doctrines of God? Titus chapter number two. We think about it, this is a good time to use this as an example. That tree out there is adorned with ornaments. And I say, it's not that you and I make the Word of God uh, better or beautiful. It's already beautiful. It's already perfect. But God uses us to show and to bring uh, uh, attention to the Word of God and its beauty and its rightness. He does that, not I. It's not that I adorn anything. But I think about what a character that you say, well, that, you all have known people that said, that man right there, he was known for his faithfulness. What would they say about me? I'm like, you ask that question to yourself. What would, what would they say? And let me say something. It's not necessarily what they would say, but what's really the truth is about us. And here's what I want to get to. What would be remaining? If, if you know what we do at Christmas, my, Micah, I've never seen anybody who enjoys unwrapping gifts more than him. Listen, it's not even necessarily about what's on the inside. He just has a complete joy and excitement of unwrapping to see what it is. He loves the surprise. I mean, it's, it, he, he, I, I, I'm telling you, ain't nobody get more excited than he does. And, and, and I think about that and I think, if I unwrapped everything, what would be revealed about really who I am spiritually? And why I believe that God had me to preach this message is I'm, I'm not here to, I'm not here to, why well, I'm not here to uh, tear you down or beat you down or anything like that. That's not what I'm doing. I think it's a great time to reflect on who we really are in the midst of a season that's not emphasized on that. We're in a time of things. But Jesus said, listen, and notice this parable that he spake following this statement. He talks about this certain rich man. 
And this rich man, you've read the account, this certain rich man. I mean, God blessed him. His ground brought forth plentifully. He got so much. And he said, well, I, I'm, my, my place is already full. I got so much. And, and, and you could say, there could have been a million things he could have said there. But he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger ones. And I'm going to have enough that I'm going to say to myself, so just enjoy life. Everything about that passage of scripture is all that man focused on were things in this life. And he gave no attention to eternal things. And I'm going to preach this last part here two ways. If you're here tonight and you're lost, let me say something to you. Now, I didn't verify this all the way, but I can't recall any other time that he did this, uh, that he said this, so I think it's pretty accurate, but I'm going to try to find it one day. Harold Wilmington said this about this account. He said this was the only individual in Scripture that God himself called a fool. God said, thou fool. You know know why he called him fool? Because he lived his life for the things in this life. That eventually, those barns, that fruits, them goods, somebody else ate them. Somebody else owned the property. Somebody else took over the 401k. Someone, someone else did it. And you say, why, why was that? Because he take, took no inventory spiritually. Let I me mean, I say something to you. The most foolish thing a man or woman or boy or girl can ever do is to reject Jesus Christ. That's the foolish thing, most foolish thing you can ever do. But then I thought about like this, how would it apply to us as believers? I want to help you here tonight. What are we investing in? I'm not, I'm not against preaching against enjoying life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying these things because I don't want you to go home and say, well, the devil said, well, you can't have fun, that preacher Scarberry. He don't want you to do nothing. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm trying to warn you because Jesus warned us to be careful. Because there's a lot of people, let me say something to you. There's people that used to sit in these seats in this church, members of this church that ain't sitting here tonight. Because they had a desire for something else. Yeah, that's right. And let me say something to you. That can happen to us too. I'm not sitting here, I'm just telling you the reality. Listen, that's what it is. But I want you to think about this. If we're not careful, how caught up can you and I get in living and investing in the things in this life and not in the things of eternity? You can see the application both ways there. Matt, when you say, what, what are you trying to tell me here? What I'm saying is, are you living in the will of God and doing what God wants you to do? After you get saved, listen, the will of God begins at being born again. That's where it starts. That's God's will. Everybody, that's where you got to get in. You must be born again. That's where it starts. But that's not the end. That's the beginning. And can, may I say something to you? I dread the judgment seat of Christ. I'm talking about, I dread the thought of it. Because I know the things that I've wasted, the opportunities, the things I should have done, the things I shouldn't have done, that I'm going to be held accountable for. But think about, when we get there, we're going to see what we've done in this life 
it's going to be put to the test. And in a season that's talking about, that's just focused on things, we need to be sure that the thing we're focused on is serving the Lord. That's what we need to focus on. Because when the end comes and the end will come, I don't want to stand, I don't want you to stand at the judgment seat and so to speak, played the fool with your Christian life. Saved, but empty-handed. You say, why? why? We're, I believe we're that close to the end. That's how we're supposed to live. We're this close to the end. What are we investing our lives in? I'm telling you, friends... There's things you and I need to be sure that we're careful. Judy, you come on. There's things you and I need to be careful. That's what Jesus said. He said, beware. The sign's up. Now what you need to do is, listen, don't look at anybody else in here because you can't see it. You can look at me, but that's just because I'm preaching. But you can't see in my heart. But you know if there's some desire for things, for possessions, for things that's keeping you from the will of God. There'll be people wind up in hell because they chose to, to pursue a career, to pursue pleasure, to pursue whatever, academics, knowledge, what you go on, pursue, people pursue all kinds of things and make that their life goal. But when they enter into, it, enter into eternity, the Bible said they was not rich toward God. They're poor spiritually. And I think as for us as believers, some, one of the most important things we can do, especially in this time, is I'm for, I'm looking for, I like to give, I love to watch my kids. I love to watch my wife. My wife can't stand. She, listen, she can't stand. She can't stand to get me something and not tell me what it is. And I find the greatest joy in the world in not telling someone and just agging it on until they can open it. I love it. I mean, I, I live for it. I, I live for that, for that, for that moment. And I, and I think about I love giving gifts. But I ask myself, it's good to know yourself. I know if I'm not careful, I'm an all-in person. I'm not going to use the golf thing. I've used that here too much. i got, got to find some other illustration. But here's what I found out. If I'm not careful, I can enjoy something one time, and I mean, I'm in. And I'm all in. I don't know how to do It's just like this. I, I'm going to keep drinking sugar till January 1st. So, listen, you have leftover Coca-Cola, leave it, leave it on your porch. I'll pick it up, okay? I'm going to drink it till the new year. Here, here, I, and I say that to be funny, but I can't find moderation. When it comes to certain things, I can't. And I know I got to. You got to have some self-control. But I think when there are certain things that come to you and I, I like to get all in. I figure, well, if I already had two Cokes for breakfast, I might as well have them for lunch, right? And I'm using it. I know it it relates to you, but there's things in your life the same way. And I got to be careful in my life, Don, that I don't let something get in. Though I'm not talking about bad things, but I'm talking about things that eventually can become bad because of what they do in my life. 
hobbies. I like woodworking, but if I'm not careful, I'll, I'll quit my job and spend three months out in the garage making one thing. I, that, that's just how I, I know how I, I know how I am. And because of that, I got to beware and be careful. And this is, this, that's the, the crux of this message tonight is, are you being careful? Are you being aware? Because if we take all those things away, Tom, more than anything else, I want to be a mature Christian. I got to grow so much. I want to be a better dad. I want to be, I want to be a godly dad. That's what I'm aiming to be. I got to do better with my children, better with my wife. I want to, I want to grow as a preacher. If I'm here five more years, I do not want y'all to say, he, he, I want you to say he's got the same message, but I surely hope that I have grown. I surely hope I don't mispronounce the same word in 15 years. I, I want to grow. I want to, I want to do those things. We should desire to want to be those things. I want to do that. If everything else has gone away from me, I want, to, I want to be godly in Christ Jesus. I want to have a character. And I, I, I enjoy life. I love life. I enjoy it. But I don't want to get so caught up in the things of this world and the things of this life that it keeps me from doing God's will. So as we stand tonight, Don gets